Mark your calendars! The ADCES 24 Annual Conference parades into New Orleans August 9-12, through 12, 2024. Registration opens March 26, but you can start planning your trip now. Get ready to seize opportunities to connect, learn, and optimize your diabetes care and education practice. Stay tuned for updates at ADCES24.org. Hello, and welcome to ADCES's podcast, The Huddle, conversations with the diabetes care team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm Kirsten Yale, the Associate Director for Research at the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. Today, we're discussing the Omnipod 5 Automated Insulin Delivery System with Carrie Burgett. Carrie is a nurse and certified diabetes care and education specialist with 10 years of experience in diabetes care and clinical research. As a clinician who worked with the Omnipod 5 clinical trials, Carrie has valuable insights for the identification and onboarding of people with diabetes who may benefit from the Omnipod 5 system. This episode and today's guest are brought to you by Insulet, makers of the Omnipod 5 system the only FDA-cleared tubeless automated insulin delivery system in the U.S. The Omnipod 5 system is indicated for use by individuals with type 1 diabetes mellitus in persons 2 years of age and older. Insulet Corporation is not affiliated, endorsed, or otherwise associated with the Huddle podcast. Insulet has paid the guest speaker, Carrie Burgett, to participate in this podcast. Insulet also has an ongoing commercial relationship with Carrie. Carrie, welcome to the Huddle. Hi there. It's great to be here. Well, we are so pleased to have you here. Number one, because I love our conversations always, of course. Um, And number two, because we are talking about automated insulin delivery, which you are, you know, really known as an expert. You are one of my go-to experts whenever I have questions. And, you know, when we look at, you know, over the past several years, automated insulin delivery has really changed, you know, the diabetes self-care space. So, Super to have you on to talk with you, especially since we're talking about new technology um, with the Omnipod 5 and how this new technology might even change the care space even more. So really excited to have this conversation. Uh, But before we jump in, would love to have you introduce yourselves to our listeners. Like I said, I know you. I love chatting with you, but I would love for our listeners to get to know you too. Yeah, that's great. Thanks um, so much. Like I said, I'm really happy to be here to talk about Omnipod 5 which I think is, you know, a really exciting advancement for all of us in type 1 diabetes care. As Kirsten mentioned, I'm a nurse in diabetes care and education specialist uh, with 10 years experience in pediatric diabetes care and clinical research. I work at the Barbara Davis Center, which is um, just outside of Denver, Colorado. And we have a large clinical practice here and um, we have a very large clinical research division. So I currently manage our clinical trial team that focuses on doing trials with emerging diabetes technologies. So it's awesome. And I love it so much. It gives us the opportunity to work with these new devices long before they make it to the commercial market. I love the opportunity to be able to share that experience because you learn so much when you work with the devices and the trials. And it's really important that that experience gets transferred into clinical practice when it becomes available. Um, We actually have been working with the Omnipod 5 trials for the last, gosh, starting back six, seven years ago, before it was even in a device and we were just doing algorithm 
testing. And so Insulet has done a lot of trials over the last seven, eight years to develop a really great product. And um, we had the opportunity to also work in the pivotal trial using um, the actual device itself. And so that lasted over two years. We had 30 youth enrolled in that trial. So I got the chance to train and educate youth and their caregivers on using the device to manage their type 1 diabetes. And then now we are seeing a huge interest in our clinic and are working on rolling this device out into clinical practice. So I've been leading that effort as well. And um, that's been really successful as well. So that's a little bit about my experience with Omnipod 5. And I look forward to our conversation. Yeah. And I know we're going to take a deep dive into it. So this is exciting. So really quick, before we do that deep dive, just so I understand and get you know everybody on the same page. So the Omnipod 5 system works in conjunction with Dexcom G6. So this is a hybrid closed loop system, right? Yes, that's correct. So, you know, there's a lot of terms in this area of diabetes technology. You might hear automated insulin delivery. You might hear artificial pancreas. You might hear closed loop, hybrid closed loop. I think the takeaway to really understand is that it is a hybrid system, um, which means that there is a portion of the insulin delivery that is automated and controlled by the algorithm. And then there's still some insulin delivery that the user needs to do, and that is give boluses for their meals. So you can really conceptualize hybrid closed loop at a basic level. The system is automating the basal insulin delivery, and it does that through microboluses delivered every five minutes. And then the user, though, is responsible for delivering a meal bolus, just like we're used to traditionally with, you know, advanced pump therapies where you use a bolus calculator and you enter in the total grams of carbs you're going to eat and the calculator will recommend a bolus dose for the user to deliver. Yeah, fantastic. And I can't imagine that the implementation of this is easy, but love that people have, you know, DCESs like you as a resource out there. So curious, from your experience, and especially with those early clinical trials, who is really best suited for this AID system or, or an AID system like the Omnipod 5? Yeah, that's a great question. And and as you mentioned earlier, um, Omnipod 5 is indicated or labeled for people with type 1 diabetes ages 2 and older. So it's a very wide range of people that can benefit from this device. And honestly, anyone that is wanting to improve their glycemic outcomes while also reducing burden, anyone that's willing to wear an insulin pump and, you know, has a willingness to kind of let go a little bit and trust some of their insulin delivery over to a pump, I think can benefit from this device, whether they're very young, whether they're older. Um, and I would say especially those who really struggle to achieve glycemic targets would almost be the primary candidates because they're the ones that are likely to see the greatest improvements overall as far as increasing their time and range. Because what these systems really do is, in Omnipod 5 specifically, they're going to help you increase your time and range, which is really what we want to be focusing on now as educators. It's really all about time and range, um, the amount of time that you're spending with glucose values between 70 and 180. But it's also going to help you do that while also minimizing the time you're spending below range, so the time in hypoglycemia. And so it really helps find that balance. And then the user doesn't have to do as much to achieve that. They need to give their meal boluses, but then they also have this system that's adjusting their insulin delivery in the background to kind of help manage those day-to-day -day variabilities, the moment-by-moment -moment changes in glycemia that occur that become difficult in a manual pump around injections to keep up with. Yeah. 
So from your experience, quick question, and then I have a bigger one, but in your experience, um, working with the Omnipod 5 in those trials, it brought people within time and range, right? Or it's closer to their time and range, correct? That's correct. Super. Can you talk us through some of the education that maybe you would provide somebody as they were onboarding with the Omnipod 5? For sure. I think there's a couple things. I think there's first your general like diabetes education and support that you want to provide prior to somebody starting the system. And then I also think there's some guidance on the logistics of the training process that can also be really helpful to provide. So I see them as two things. And so if I start with um, diabetes education, you know, it's an insulin pump. And so it is very important to review the basics of insulin pump therapy with the user, um, helping them make sure they feel comfortable managing infusion sites and infusion site failure. Even though it's an automated system, we're still relying on a small little cannula inserted into the subcutaneous tissue for the insulin to absorb through. So automated or not, it's still really important that all users understand how to troubleshoot persistent hyperglycemia and understand, you know, the concept of infusion site failure when you would need to give an injection and change the pod, um, because these are all still realities that we have to deal with with insulin pumps and also managing um, skin care to help promote optimal use and longevity of use with these, you know, on-body devices. So I would say that's an important education piece. And then additionally, because of the hybrid nature and the fact that we still want people to give meal boluses using the bolus calculator to have optimal outcomes, that's going to help you get the best outcomes possible is if you're giving your meal boluses, you know, ideally 15 minutes before you eat. And so taking the opportunity to review the basics of carb counting, the importance of bolusing, and making sure they really understand that you'll need to bolus to get the best outcomes. It's not a fully automated system. And so those would be a couple education pieces that I would go over. And then additionally, automated insulin delivery is going to rely on use of a continuous glucose monitor. With the Omnipod 5 system, this system works with the Dexcom G6 CGM. And so that one's great because it's factory calibrated and doesn't require any calibration, but also just reviewing the basics of you know, inserting the CGM, making sure they're comfortable with the CGM so that they're set up to be successful with automation. So that would be another piece that I would suggest. Carrie, can you tell me about the onboarding portal? This is where the user registers their device and links to their data management account, right? What about the training pathways? When it comes to the training piece, it's a really interesting setup that we have with Omnipod 5. And we haven't seen this as thoroughly with other devices yet, but It's really designed to walk the user through an online setup process. And so the benefit to that is that it takes some of the burden off the healthcare providers and trainers because the website walks them through how to set up their device. It's a very intuitive um, system and very easy for a, a user to use. And so it lends itself well to this kind of online setup process. But I would say the main thing is providing the guidance to your users about this online setup process. There's an onboarding portal that all users need to go to to walk them through setting up their device appropriately. And all this information is found in the intro kit, which is the first prescription that you send for new users. But I have found that just even making sure to tell my patient families that they need to open the box (laughs) before and read the information 
is helpful because a lot of people don't necessarily realize that they're kind of waiting for somebody to call them from Insulet or they're waiting for the provider to tell them what to do. And um, the way that it's set up is you open the box, you scan the QR code, which takes them to omnipod.com slash setup, and it walks them through all the steps necessary to set up the device. The other important piece about the onboarding portal is that Omnipod 5 is designed to link to Gluco, which is a software for, you know, pump downloads to review reports and summary information. And it's designed where the Omnipod 5 can link to Gluco and then has automatic uploads to Gluco. So hourly, it will send the data to the cloud. And so it doesn't require any manual uploads, which is amazing because, I mean, all of us educators know how <laughs> much of a headache it is sometimes to try and get people to upload their pumps. And so if they do this onboarding portal, it'll walk them through that as well, which will make their data accessible to you really easily. And so emphasizing the need to complete that portal is, is super important. And then the last thing I'll say about the portal is that after the setup is um, completed, then they can access online learning modules. So there's also a self-training module available, which can be really good for current Omnipod users who are already familiar with the Omnipod interface. They're already current pump users, but they just need to learn about the automation piece and they need to learn about the new features of the Omnipod 5. And so for those who are already on Omnipod, after they finish the onboarding, they can do the self-training and they can start the system at home. But for those who are coming from other pumps in that onboarding portal, or if they're coming from injections, for example, then they can indicate what type of training they would like and be paired to a trainer as well. So the onboarding portal is important for the setup, for linking their data to Gluco so that the healthcare provider can easily access it. And then also for accessing the training to be successful with the device and indicating training preferences. Like So it's also for getting connected to a trainer if you're going to have an actual training visit. Okay, so step one is open the box or tell your patients to open the box, right? Yes. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I would love to hear, now that we've talked about opening the box, the initial training, the intuitiveness of it, what can people expect in those first couple weeks of using the Omnipod 5? Yeah, that's a great question. So this might be a time for me to back up a second and, and just explain a little bit about how the algorithm works um, when we get to what to expect in the first couple weeks. because. As I mentioned before, you've got what you could conceptualize as automated basal, and then you have user-delivered meal boluses. But now your basal isn't just your basal anymore because you have the system that's also responding to hyperglycemia. So it's increasing insulin delivery, decreasing insulin delivery. It's a dynamic insulin delivery, which is very different than a static basal dose that we're used to with either a manual pump or injections. And the way that the system automates that insulin delivery is all based on total daily insulin. So it uses a user's total daily insulin, and then it looks at that and it uses it to determine kind of a baseline for basal. What would be a baseline basal rate this system would expect this person to need? And that's referred to as an adaptive basal rate. And then that adaptive basal rate is the baseline. And then based on the glucose values that um, the pod is receiving from the Dexcom, it's going to increase the delivery above that, decrease it below that, suspend it. And this is all going on in the background constantly. And so all that to say is it's important to understand because the concept that the system is based on total daily insulin is really important. So when you start the pod for the first time, 
So you have a new user, they've done the onboarding portal, they've accessed the training and they're off and running. And of course, this system doesn't have any information about their total daily insulin because they just started, right? So how does it manage that? But the first pod, it's going to estimate their total daily insulin based on whatever we program for the basal rate. Because it's based on an estimation with the first pod, it is a little more conservative. Then when you replace the pod for the first time, as long as it's been at least 48 hours, which for most people it will be because they'll wear it for 72 hours, then they'll replace their pod. And then the second pod, it will start using their actual total daily insulin. And then every time you change the pod going forward, it's going to update the total daily insulin based on recent pod changes so that it can adapt to their total daily insulin needs and better figure that out. And all of this is important because with accurate total daily insulin, then it has an accurate baseline, which helps the algorithm be more effective in its dosing calculations. Um, So when you have somebody starting the system initially, the main thing for them to understand is that they do need to have a little bit of patience. So not a ton of patience, just a little bit, because Mm -hmm. it takes a couple of pods for it to really kind of find a groove, figure out what the total daily insulin is to optimize its dosing calculations. So you could run a little bit higher. Blood sugars could run a little bit higher in maybe the first week. But if you let people know that up front, that it's figuring out your total daily insulin, you've got to stick with it. It's going to improve over time. Um, That's an important thing for users to know. And then, you know, the bolusing comes into play here, too, because as I mentioned before, users giving their meal boluses is really important just for optimal management of glucose around meals. But it's also important for total daily insulin, because if you're not giving your boluses, then the total daily insulin is going to be artificially low. And so don't get me wrong. If you have somebody who struggles to bolus and they're on a manual pump or they're on injections, they're still going to do better on an automated system like Omnipod 5, even without giving their boluses. But they're probably going to struggle to reach the time and range goals of 70 percent if they're not giving their premium boluses. Yeah, this is actually really fantastic. And I love when you said patience, that people should have patience. Um, I'm going to go back to my iPhone example, because it's sounding like when I first opened my iPhone and I wanted to do the talk to text function, you know, for my my phone to understand me, (laughs) it took like, you know, two weeks. I mean, I'm getting all these like crazy words and these spelling errors, but now I can talk into my phone, I can dictate, I can do whatever And it almost, I can write a full essay, right, on my phone because it understands me and it understands my voice. But it took a couple of weeks to get there. So that's sort of what it reminds me. You said, just be patient and it'll get there, right? Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, automated insulin delivery is a different type of insulin delivery than a manual pump or injection. And so I think it's also from the user side, giving yourself time to adjust to a new type of insulin delivery. It goes both ways. Like, you now don't have 100% control over your insulin delivery. And for some people, that's not going to be an issue at all. They're going to have no problem letting go of that. And for others, it it may be a little bit anxiety provoking. They may need to, you know, they may need to give themselves time to adjust to this new paradigm and this new concept. Um, And so patience with yourself is also really helpful as you realize you're adjusting to something new, which for most people just takes a little bit of time to get used to. Carrie, that was one of the best explanations of automated insulin delivery that I have heard. Um, So thank you so much for that. You mentioned early on, and so I want to bring it up now too, that there is a human component to this interaction with technology, right? That in a hybrid closed loop system, that there is a piece that we control from the human side. 
And that really feeds into optimization and how we configure. Are there any optimal times or situations when you should adjust targets or when you want to adjust the system? Yeah, that is a great question. I mean, you know, we are living in this hybrid world with our technology um, to date where, you know, you have the system automating insulin delivery, helping improve time and range. But then the user still has some responsibility for the insulin delivery, like we discussed. Giving the pre-meal boluses is the most important user behavior to get the most out of the system. So really emphasizing that, you know, entering in the total carbs, using the bolus calculator prior to all meals is really important. The other thing I would say is that one of the more challenging aspects for healthcare providers and educators with this new technology landscape is that depending on the automated insulin delivery system, the settings you can adjust can vary. And so it can be difficult to keep up with what those might be. With Omnipod 5, it's pretty simple, actually, because the automation is based on total daily insulin, like I mentioned. And what that means for the provider is that you cannot adjust the basal rates. So the basal rates are programmed into the pump. Those are used for if you are using the system in manual mode, and they are not used in automated mode at all. So the good news for providers and educators is we don't need to spend all of our time trying to tweak the basal rates constantly. That will have no impact. But what is really cool about Omnipod 5 is it is the only automated insulin delivery system that has an adjustable target glucose setting. So the user can program a target glucose setting anywhere from 110 to 150 in 10 milligram per deciliter increments. And you can also program different targets for different times of day. And the algorithm uses this program target in its calculations. And so it's a great way to help personalize outcomes and make adjustments if somebody is having patterns of um, high or low blood sugars at different times of day. So if you program the target at 110, that's going to be the most aggressive insulin delivery. And then you could go 120, 130, 140, 150 to help optimize their outcomes. So the target glucose setting is the only setting that will directly influence the automated insulin delivery that the system is giving. And then additionally, you have all the bolus settings that can be adjusted. So a very common thing that you'll see with all automated insulin delivery systems, and that includes Omnipod 5, is that oftentimes a user might benefit from a stronger insulin to carb ratio for meals compared to a non-automated insulin delivery, whether that's a manual pump or um, injections. And the reason for this is because of the dynamic insulin delivery paradigm that we're in now. You have basal that is constantly adjusting in response to the glucose level. And it's common to have less insulin on board at mealtime because the glucose oftentimes is returning to the target before the next meal. And so insulin delivery has been reduced or even suspended. And so then when you eat a meal, you can see a big rise in blood sugar after the meal. And this is just because there's less insulin on board. So a stronger insulin to carb ratio is usually beneficial. And we've seen that a lot with automated insulin delivery systems, that strengthening the carb ratio um, by 10 to 20 percent in response to patterns of hyperglycemia after meals makes a huge difference in outcomes. So that would be something I would definitely recommend focusing on when you're working with your patients is looking at those postprandial patterns. Number one, making sure they're giving meal boluses. And then number two, if they are giving meal boluses and they're still running high, 
change those carb ratios because it will make a really big difference. And then finally, you can change all the other bolus um, settings as well. You can change the correction factor, the duration of insulin action. All of those things can also be adjusted to optimize the bolus doses as well. So when we were talking last week, we had a great conversation about all these settings um, and everything that you can change. And you also talked a lot about the Omnipod 5 Smart Bolus Calculator, which was really, really cool. Can you run through that for our listeners? Yeah, it is really cool. So just like all pumps, the Omnipod 5 includes a bolus calculator, which is where you program an insulin to carb ratio, a correction factor, um, the target glucose and insulin action time. And then, you know, the user just enters in their carbs, they enter in their glucose value, and then the pump calculates a bolus dose based on those settings. The Omnipod 5 has taken the bolus calculator to another level because in addition to including the glucose value from the CGM into the bolus calculation, it also includes the trend. And this we don't have in any other pump. So as we know, glucose is constantly changing. So having that trend information in the bolus calculator dose can be really beneficial. Um, and it's really easy for the user to use. When you're in the bolus calculator, there's a little icon called UCGM. And when you tap on the UCGM, it pulls in the CGM value and the trend, and then it can adjust that bolus calculation up or down based on whether the glucose is rising or falling. And that's a really nice feature. So I always encourage the families that I'm working with that every time you're in the bolus calculator, especially if it's pre-meal, enter in the total carbs, tap on the UCGM, deliver the bolus, and that will help get you the best bolus dose based on the current glucose trends. Yeah, this is so powerful, especially for the user, for the person with diabetes around mealtime. This is amazing. But that reminds me about um, physical activity. So exercise. How would you advise your patients to use the system for exercise? Yeah, that's a great question. We obviously want to be encouraging everyone with type 1 diabetes to be active because we know that exercising and being physically active is only going to help their long-term health. But as we know, many people with diabetes struggle to exercise because they struggle to manage their blood sugars with that. And so it is really important that we help them with that and we discuss their experiences and we help to personalize a plan for them so that they can exercise safely and still manage their blood sugars okay. So Omnipod 5 has a feature called the activity feature. And this um, is only available in automated mode. And what it does is it allows for temporary reduction in the insulin delivery from the system. So it kind of tells the system to reduce insulin delivery for a certain period of time because you anticipate that you're going to need less. And a common example would be aerobic exercise. So the way that it works is you go into the main menu, you choose activity, and you turn it on for a duration of time, anywhere from one to 24 hours. And when it is activated, it changes the target glucose setting up to 150. So it doesn't use what's programmed in the pump, it now just uses the 150. And then in addition to that though, it also reduces the insulin delivery. So it calculates the insulin delivery based on the 150 target, and then it additionally reduces it beyond that. And that can really be a useful um, tool for exercise is to set the activity feature. Um, typically, you're going to want to turn that on one to two hours prior to beginning 
aerobic exercise because you want to have less insulin on board leading into the exercise. So that's why turning it on prior to starting versus right at the start can be more um, helpful. And then additionally, sometimes you can have some reduced insulin needs after exercise, depending on the type of activity and how intense it is. And so you can leave the activity feature active, you know, for however long you need to after the exercise um, is over to help reduce any delayed hypoglycemia that might occur as well. So this activity feature is a great tool um, that you can use to help manage exercise while in automated mode. But I would say it is still really important from the educator perspective that we understand that it is a tool. It's a tool to help people manage exercise, and it will still require some personalization, trial and error to really figure out the best strategy for each individual person and each individual activity. So I have loved this conversation so far, and especially as we've gotten into the settings, the smart bullet calculator, the activity feature, and all of this is making me think about how important those conversations you have or that time you have working with people with diabetes, right? So that the communication space or the shared decision-making that happens between the person with diabetes and their care provider or their diabetes care and education specialist, you know, I know that this has to optimize the technology, right? Can you maybe talk a little bit about that or maybe some of your experiences that you've had with the people that you've worked with? Yeah, sure. First, I would say um, the fact that the Omnipod 5 can link to Gluco automatically helps facilitate the discussion points and the shared decision making between, you know, the provider, educator and the user. Because, again, you don't have to spend your time trying to get the person to upload the pump to Gluco so you can see things. So that is probably one of my favorite things is that the data is just there. And so as long as they link it through that onboarding portal, then you're all good to go. But I would say like, as far as, you know, the conversations and how to optimize the outcomes, I mean, I think using Gluco can be really helpful because then you can see a summary. You can see how many boluses are giving a day. You can see the glucose trends. Um, and then you can use that in conjunction with discussion. You know, you can get a lot from the Gluco reports just by looking at them, but then it does also take the conversations with the user to understand the context around the various, you know, data points that you're seeing. For example, if you see high blood sugars after meals, you know, making sure they're giving the boluses, are they, how are they doing with the carb counting? Are they struggling? Is the carb count actually, you know, accurate or close enough? You know, the carb counting piece is tough. You don't need to emphasize perfection. It's more about consistency and being pretty close is what I would say. And so I would just, again, emphasize the importance of assessing the carb ratios. And, you know, if you're seeing a pattern of high blood sugars after meals and they're giving their meal boluses, strengthen the carb ratios. It will really make a big difference. And using that data to talk with your patients together, helping them see what's going on can be a good uh, facilitator for discussion about self-care and how the system is working for them. This technology is so advanced. So Carrie, thank you so much for talking us through this. This technology is fantastic. I'm so excited about the Omnipod 5 and how it's going to change care for people, how people can use it to optimize their own care. And I'm just excited to see how the landscape changes. So as we have to close up. And I always hate this time when we have to say goodbye. Any final thoughts that you have for our listeners? Yeah. 
I think what I would encourage everyone listening is don't hesitate to encourage your patients to use this system. Um, you know, you mentioned how advanced of a technology it is, and that is true, but it's also incredibly easy to use and can benefit such a wide range of people. And so I would say to just be open to anyone that's willing to try and wanting to improve their glycemic outcomes that, you know, so many people can benefit from this device. It's so easy to use. Um, the system automates based on total daily insulin. So it's just doing it itself in the background. And the user just needs to focus on giving their boluses and the healthcare provider just needs to focus on supporting their patients and giving their boluses. And so that's really the key factor. And so anybody can use it. You don't have to be a technology expert to um, succeed. And I would just encourage you to work with your families and, and support them in accessing advanced technologies more broadly across the wide spectrum of people with type 1 diabetes. And I appreciate your time here. It's people like you that remind us how easy this technology is to use and put us all at ease uh, because it's really the DCES and healthcare providers that are going to get this into the hands of people that need it most. So Carrie, thank you so much for being here and um, sharing your thoughts. And I hope you come back again sometime soon. Yeah, great. It was really a pleasure to be here, Kristen, and I um, appreciate the chance to talk about this. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Huddle. Make sure to download the resources discussed on today's episode. You can find them linked in the show notes at diabeteseducator.org forward slash podcast. And remember, being an ADCES member gets you the access to many resources, education, and networking opportunities. Learn about the many benefits of ADCES membership at diabeteseducator.org forward slash join. We want to thank our sponsor, Insulet, for their support of this episode of The Huddle. Make sure to check out omnipod.com forward slash HCP for more information on Omnipod 5 and tune into Insulet's podcast called Beyond the Bolus, available on all major streaming platforms. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.